Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we talk about prints every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad you're back with us today. Last time, we took a little bit of a break because it was the Christmas holidays, and we did a reloaded episode of our Love Simple album when we first started doing this podcast just almost a year ago. We didn't include clips of any of the songs or anything that we were talking about. And we changed that like last summer, summer 2018. And so the Love Simple album podcast that we did was one of our most popular. So I went back and added in the music and all that stuff. While we were looking at that era, again, kind of revisiting it, we realized, you realized, that we... Don't blame me for this. (laughs) (laughs) We left out an associated artist that we should have talked about. Yeah, during that same era in 1992. Yes, Carmen Electra. Right. She had a solo album. Mm -hmm. And so today, that is what we are going to talk about. Yay. Yay. So here we go. We dug this one out. We we did. We dug it out. We have the... I can say I've had it since its release date or around the release date. uh Uh, Uh-huh. Close to it. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you can't find this anywhere, but I believe a physical copy, if you oh, have yeah. one. I don't think it's on any streaming service at all. Oh, okay. We've got the physical CD that actually is a cutout of some kind. It's got a hole punch in our booklet. Mm-hmm. But I know I've had it since it came out. Couldn't tell you where I got it. <laughs> well, it was quite some time ago. It was a so long time ago. It's okay that you don't remember. So, Carmen Electra... Self-titled album came out February 1993. It was kind of an offshoot of Carmen Electra being on the Diamonds and Pearls tour with Prince. She was his opening act. Right. I went back and found an interview from May of 2016 in People Magazine when Carmen Electra recalled her first meeting with Prince. Mm-hmm. And apparently she was auditioning for an all-girls group that Prince was contemplating putting together, which I imagine never never happened because there was not an all-girls group that Prince put together around 92, 91, 92, 93. But she was in the pool of people auditioning, and she didn't get into the group, but Prince called her and told her she should be her own artist, not backing someone else up. And he told her, hey, I'll write music and perform for you, and you can record them. What do you think? (laughs) What's she going to do, say no? (laughs) She was smart enough to say yes, and he told her uh, her birth name was Tara Lee Patrick. Yes. And he told her, you look like a Carmen, so to me, you're Carmen. And he gave her the stage name Carmen Electra that she's used ever since she found fame, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But fairly pretty talented uh, woman, dancer, ballerina. Obviously, singer, performer. She's always been a dancer, went to a performing arts high school in Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. and moved to L.A. and met Prince, and then ended up going to Minnesota to be able to work with him. And so she was pretty young when they met. I think she was 19 or so. This album, after Prince told her she should not be in his all-girl band, she should be have her own album. Right. She should be her own star. Uh-huh. They started working on it. It was originally titled On Top. Right. And had some of these songs and some other songs that have evidently not been released, which I don't know that we care enough to try and find them. I did see an interview with Carmen Electra where she said she was a little disappointed that the song On Top didn't make it. Didn't make it and didn't come out. So uh, Okay. Yeah. 
she this is her one and only album there was some buzz in 2012 Uh that she might be putting out another album she actually released a single called i like it loud with a man named bill hamill okay which this was the only credit i could find for him was that he worked with carmen electra on i like it loud okay and i have not heard that song so if you listen to it you're a song ahead of me I did. It's, you said it's, it was similar to... It's very similar to really, what's on this album. That's yeah, interesting. So it's a lady rapper in a very mm-hmm. similar style. And of course, by 2012, it had a pretty retro sound because mm-hmm. that was nearly 20 years after this album had came out. Right. And it sounded very, very similar. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this album was originally planned for release in July 1992. Yes. And even had... Uh, single sent to MTV, but it was months in advance, and then the album got delayed and didn't come out until February 9th, 1993. I thought it was the 7th. Well, early February of 1993. Okay. Yeah. Um, but mainly, if you like Prince and the MPG from the Diamonds and Pearls and Love Symbol album era, then this is mostly written and performed by that group with Carmen. Yeah. The, um, the music. The music. Yeah. Yeah. The lyrics were written by Prince and Carmen Electra and Tony M and Levi Caesar Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Before we get into the album itself, we've got to right. give a little shout out to a friend of the podcast, DJ Thunderfunk, gave us some invaluable assistance for this episode. Yes, so we wanted to say so thank for you that. for listening and thanks for the help you provided for this episode. We yep. appreciate it. All right, so let's look at the album, like the physical copy. Sure. It was really nicely produced. Like somebody, As far as the artwork yeah, goes? Yeah, the artwork I agree, goes, especially when you think that it's 26 years old, 27 yeah. years old now. It, I mean, it was... It was well done. There was some time and effort put into this thing when it was put together. It seems like by the time it came out, all that effort sort of maybe fell by the wayside. <laughs> But, As true to form, yeah. Prince kind of lost interest in it by the time it came out. So, right. but they obviously did some, you know, professional photo shoots that look really nice. It was a job in and of itself just to put all the lyrics in the booklet. It sure was. We have talked about the book. Love Symbol album itself having a lot of lyrics. This probably beats it and is about 20 minutes shorter of an album. Right. The book itself is very similar to the Diamonds and Pearls book layout. If you compare the two of them, there's black and white photography and a couple columns of lyrics and credits. But yeah, you're right. There's plenty of makeup and fashion and styling yeah. and photography that went I into mean, all this. Know, Carmen Electra and not a whole lot of clothes. I think that's kind of been the modus operandi for pretty much her entire career. Yeah. So, which is you know, vast. It is long when you consider. Well, you know, when you from, start looking at what else she's done, she yeah. did, she did this. This was kind of her breakout thing, and then she went and did Baywatch and right. became a gigantic star and yes. has been a dancer. And yeah, she's got workout mixes that yeah. are on Apple Music and I'm sure other streaming services too that include some remixes and songs from this album and other mm-hmm. things as well. Yeah. Yeah, to me, this is it sounds a, like it's a, kind of an origin story. Yes, it of is. Carmen Electra. <laughs> that's right. Well, it was her introduction, so yeah. I think that's a pretty good well, and assessment. Prince gave her this name. Well, I guess yeah. Prince called her Carmen. She came up with Electra, yeah. or maybe with some assistance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, but it's stuck. It yeah. wasn't just a one-time thing. This right. Is, this is her now for the last twenty-six plus years. Yeah. All right. So that's. 
a little background. A little background, the physical design of it. Let's jump into the music. All right, we start off with Go Go Dancer. Yeah, it was the first single. It came out eight months prior right. to the release of the, the album. The album. Yep. And at that time, the Diamonds and Pearls tour was still going on in June of 1992. Mm-hmm. It was wrapping up, but she was the opening act, as you mentioned earlier. Another interesting fact about the single, which we've got the, the CD maxi single, which we'll talk about in a little bit too, but the single, and I found this on Prince Vault, it incorrectly attributes a sample in the song of Lost in Music by Sister Sledge from their album We Are Family as being by the group Chic, which it is not. Oh. So there's a technical error on the uh, single itself, which is kind of interesting. Uh, It was written by Prince and Tony M. and Carmen. Yeah. You and I talked about this a little bit, that it has musically, it's got some similarities to some other Prince songs, namely... Uh, My name is Prince. You can hear portions of that in this song. Which I didn't realize. I didn't make the connection until you pointed it out. Okay. Especially there's like a little uh, record scratch thing going on that is also used. It may just be that sample that's in My name is Prince. So you want to dance? You know you ought to try And additionally, if you want to dig a little deeper into Prince's catalog, if you pull out your maxi single of the song Cream from Diamonds and Pearls, there are remixes on it, specifically one at the end called Do Your Dance, Q and Doubt Mix, and To The Wire that uses music that is identical to some of the backing tracks in this song. Yeah. So it's got a lot of 1991-1992 Prince musical interest wrapped up in this song. Yeah, a lot of influence he... Mm -hmm recycled i almost don't want to say recycled he was like he was he was you know in the same idea right and this was just one of the many sprouts that came out of it yeah which was common for him as far as the song itself nothing can stop (laughs) my body yeah she's very proud of herself she's proud of her profession yeah yeah i mean well okay so she's She's got this spoken intro. Yeah. And as you peep the scheme of things, you'll find you're living in my dreams. Which kind of tells me that maybe the go-go dancer isn't really her job. This is her fantasy. Yeah. This is her your your part of her fantasy that she's performing for you. She's not your fantasy performing for you. Yes. I agree with you in that regard that she's the one in control. She is. She's not an object. She's put herself in that position to be in control. Right. I I think she's a little forward thinking for 1992. Yeah. Well, and I thought that kind of seemed really like it really puts her in a position of power and saying, I'm not doing this because Really, even for the money, I'm not a go-go dancer because I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. This is my choice, and yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was a, l- a little bit of uh, indicative of what or how Prince treated women who performed with him, too. That he, yeah. there were times that on the surface you could say, well, he's objectifying them in a way. But then he would always give them a spotlight and let them shine or perform on their own. And he would right. kind of take a step back. Right. Which is he basically kinda, what this whole album is. Yeah. I mean, he, he was controlling 
in a way, but he also really, I think, attempted to relinquish control and give these young artists some agency over the work Mm -hmm. that they did. Yep. Yeah, and ownership. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he's... He was very particular, but it was... I think that was more about being a perfectionist Mm -hmm. than wanting to deny them their voice. Very good. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good summary. Yeah. So I I read things, you know, oh, Prince was really misogynistic and really... And, you know, I mean, it was the early 90s to a point. Everybody kind of was. And not to say that he couldn't behave that way, but... I really think that just that he gave so many women such a chance in the spotlight while he was really behind the scenes or Mm -hmm. didn't put his name on a lot of stuff that that really like made a difference. It was really. Yeah. And the fact that she thanks him in the liner notes is, you know, for inspiration and guidance and and has continued to speak that way about him even since uh, his passing. And it's Mm -hmm. been so long since they worked together and were. Involve romantically at one point, also. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, just all oh, that went down. Sad. We don't need to get into all that, but right. And uh, it's you we'll, know we'll focus on the music for, yeah. for now. I thought that it was a little bit of an incarnation reincarnation attempt of Nasty Girl by uh, Vanity yeah, Six, so fair. it felt a little iterative to me. Yeah, and I also think that there was a lot of pressure at the time for Paisley Park to, as a record label, to turn out some hits by other artists. Prince had just signed a super large contract, his last that he signed with with Warner Brothers, right uh, before the very end of his life, and uh, he was vice president of Warner Brothers, and the deal was he was to you know, sign other acts to Paisley Park and and this was one of them. So the fact that there were videos and maxi singles and remix and promos behind it don't doesn't surprise me, but the fact that it all didn't come out until well after all that it seemed like it was it, kind of in, kind in of the rear view. The it was in a rear yeah. view mirror when it came out. That's yeah. fair. And this song's a little house sounding despite that it's performed largely by Prince in the MPG, but it does kind of have a club sound to it. Yeah. It's, it's got a little guitar solo by Prince in yeah, it, which, which is, is cool. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, right around the two minute mark, it was a really nice guitar solo. But I agree at that. I thought the last minute mm-hmm. especially yeah. was really it was really repetitive and really sounded like a club song mm-hmm. to me especially yeah, when you got to that point yeah that's yeah. that's where this thing was pointed i think all along was to clubs and yeah you know i thought it was fun we got um her talking about a dandelion uh-huh. excuse me dandelion yeah, it's kind of an interesting way to say a wallflower. Yep. Get out yeah, here and yeah. dance with me. Yes. Um, I found another Urban Dictionary definition that I thought was kind of interesting. Someone who is beautiful on the outside but bitter on the inside. Is it, it dandelion? Yeah, okay. they, look, they look like a flower, but really they're a weed. Ooh. So I thought it kind of... I'm like, hmm, well, yes. And then the kind of the way she says it, like dandelion, kind yeah. of like... It was kind of interesting. Yeah. She also says, you know, kind of talks about the go-go dancer profession as it's something that women disapprove and make men go, ooh, and it's a love and hate thing. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. But clearly, I think out of the gates, she's, I don't think, a terrible singer. I think there's some talent there. Her voice, especially in the chorus, she can obviously sing. She can obviously dance. So there's talent here that that Prince saw that's... You know, being just showcased. because I don't 
love all of the music doesn't mean I can't appreciate the talent that she had. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, just, I mean, I don't have to like music to appreciate that talented people worked on it. Sure. So it was kind of fun. We got some familiar phrases. Mm-hmm. Get wild, life of the party. Yes, I said that throughout this whole there album, are. there were some like Prince kind of phrases that I thought were. Yes. It was they were little Easter eggs, kind of. There are kind plenty of, of Easter eggs throughout this, and we'll touch on them as we go along. But this whole album is very reverent and pays homage to not only Prince tracks but R and B soul from the seventies and sixties quite Big a bit. Big time. Um, it is. You know, it's easy to listen to this, I think, and especially recall listening to it if you're a longtime Prince fan and you think back to, yeah, I listened to that and I listened to it once and haven't revisited it. Since then, having spent more time with it over the past couple weeks for me, I was surprised to pick up on things that are buried a little deep. But if you look for them, there's a lot of thought that went into this album. It wasn't just let's lay out some beats and have Carmen rap over them with Tony and do some guitar solos and call it over. Right. Uh, There was plenty to find. Uh, So this song kind of winds to a close and track two kicks in, which is Good Judy Girlfriend. Yeah, this was something that Prince had worked on in the late 80s. Yep. He had it scheduled for the original rave album that was he was working on in the late 80s like 88 89 yeah it was going to be the follow-up to love sexy and then that got scrapped when he was asked to work on the batman soundtrack right and it's a pretty different album than what eventually came out as rave into the joy fantastic very different but they had they share a name so they do yeah. Yeah, I thought that this is where the album kind of starts to become a little fun for me and gets my attention. Mm-hmm. I thought that when this song kicks in and the beat starts and it's got a little keyboard background, it sounds like it's going to be fun. It's yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. I like it. It's, it's pretty short. It is very short, kind of uh-huh. almost a segue between the first track and the third track. Right. It's got a James Brown sample in yes. the background of Funky Drummer. Yep. Yep. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. There were a lot of kind of sigh grunts uh-huh. at the end of the lines. Each and every day. And it was, I don't know if it was just the way the lyrics were or how she chose to perform it, but it was kind of at the end of every line, she yes. kind of did this little like, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of a sigh and a grunt, and I don't know if it was supposed to be sexy or it was a little annoying in some parts, but I it was got, fine. It got, I noticed it also and made a note of it, that the way the lines are delivered are almost identical, just different words. And that, yeah. I don't know if that's if you point to her for that or if you point to the direction she was given on how to deliver these things. Right. Who knows? But yeah, the, the lyric delivery can become a little repetitive, but it is very short. Um, yeah. It's got some really cool, very 80s print-sounding synthesizer. <laughs> Yes. towards the end and I'm like uh-huh. can we have more of this please yes more of that like the mm-hmm. song could have gone on longer if we just yeah. had those synths in there it would have been great yeah it was pretty short I don't have a ton to no she her version it. I don't know if she turned if good Judy girlfriend is about her she's singing about herself in this all you need is Judy she's good for you <laughs> which is funny because often rap albums don't refer to anyone else other than the person rapping or or Mm -hmm. the people who are working on it. And it's like, 
you know, Carmen is inevitable. Carmen yes, is, you know, she sh- is addictive. addictive. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, addictive. She is our future. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> silly. Yeah. But then she's the very second song on it is about a, somebody named Judy. Like, oh, is it Judy or Carmen? Eh, I, don't know. I don't know. It was it's a Prince song. It was it laying was. around. She inherited it and yeah. made it her own. Yeah. I thought harmless fun for however long it is, two minutes. And then we have Go On, in parentheses, Witcha Bad Self. Witcha Bad Self. Witcha. Not with ya, witcha. Which I thought was kind of fun. I thought it was interesting because it was sort of like with ya, which is what it's really supposed to mean, but it right. kind of worked on the witcha, W-I-T-C-H-A, uh-huh. like a witch. Yeah, a Like a, a woman with... Power mm-hmm. on her own and scary and a little scary. Which is Carmen, yeah. you know the promos were. We'll get to the promos yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was written by Tony M and Levi Caesar Jr. Produced by Prince under the name Paisley Park. And again, we talked about this being kind of a reverent album. This contains samples of another James Brown song, "Say It Loud." I'm black and I'm proud from mm-hmm. 1968. Yep. Also a Wilson Pickett song called Land of a Thousand Dances from 1966. Yep. Thank you, Prince Vault. Um, lots of old school funk references that, again, to me, lay at least a thin foundation of reverence and historical funk music for this album, um, which is, you know, even I think she refers to herself as a rookie you know, later on this right. song, later on this album. Even that, there were like samples of those mm-hmm. and then there's a lyric forever killing you softly which has got to be a reference to killing me softly with his song mm-hmm. by Lori lieberman in 1971 and was a number one hit by roberta flack in 1973 right so it's got to be yeah there are, it's all it's all there are just so many all in. nods to songs that laid the foundation of what funk and r&b mm-hmm. were then i don't want to say are today because this was 20, you know more than a quarter century ago that this was recorded amazingly right um i thought this kept the fun going to me it was eric leeds first appearance on the album on saxophone yeah the and- horns were awesome There are some great horns throughout this entire album, and every appearance by Eric Leeds on this album makes me think of the Family album, which we covered yes. back when we did the Around the World in a Day podcast. Um, it gives it such a warm and organic feeling, and Eric's so recognizable to me, I guess from you know listening to Prince music for so long, and you hear Eric Leeds on saxophone, and Candy Dulfer, and Maceo Parker, all these amazing saxophonists that he performed with, and they all have a recognizable sound, and Eric is no exception. Right, exactly. I thought it was funny Thanks, when sir. I realized it was Tony M. and Levi Caesar Jr. who wrote it Mm -hmm. because I can tell they've been working with Prince because kind of the desire for serial monogamy kind of came out a little bit. The right one, whoever that may be. Uh And when the time comes, he'll be my one and only. So that's a very Eagle much, themes. yeah, it was very much a theme we've seen time and again from Prince yeah. and then realizing that it wasn't really written by Prince, yeah, 
But well, you he, can tell they're kind of maybe writing to their audience. Yep. Which, who is their or audience? Their it's not us. It's Prince. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It was just, to me, like a party song full of self-praise. Yeah, it was fine. I would say it's a little bit of a... This whole album is a little bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. There's some parts <laughs> of it that I don't enjoy at all, and then there's uh-huh. others that I do enjoy quite a bit, and I come back to um, not just... Carmen's delivery, but musically, I think there's a lot to like in many right. places on this album, and this, sure. is, this is one of them for me. Sure. Okay. Then we have Step to the Mic. We kind of slow it down just a little bit. A little bit. Um, it's still a pretty fast song. It's an up-tempo thing. But it's slower than the tracks preceding it. Yes, but uh, faster and more condensed rapping. Man, they she packs in some delivery There's a lot of this. lyrics in this. There are. <laughs> They didn't hold back on writing lyrics, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so Step to the Mic was written by Prince and the MPG with Moni Love, who's a British rapper and a radio star who worked with Prince on her song Born to B-R-E-E-D, mm-hmm. um, which happened to reach number one on the Hot Music Chart and number seven on the Hot Rap Singles Chart in 1993. Oh, okay. It was a lot of success for their collaboration. Right. Uh, so she makes an appearance here, and the song was believed to be recorded, I think I saw this on Prince Vault, in April of 1992 during a break on the Diamonds and Pearls tour in Australia, and that they list no fewer than nine other songs that were recorded during the same session in the middle of a world tour. Yeah, well, we have a day off. Let's go record for eight hours. Yeah, or more, (laughs) or more. I thought it was interesting that since this is such a, you know, obviously this album doesn't happen without Prince's involvement and help, but we've got the song named Step to the Mic, and the word two is spelled out, T-O, and we don't get Prince Bonics with the number two, which is interesting. And there was, you know, speaking again of music that this album references or borrows from there's a b-side to the single money don't matter tonight from diamonds and pearls that's called call the law okay and it's uh, a rap by tony m it also appeared on the npg's album titled gold nigga um but it has similar music used are we allowed also to say that? are we allowed to say the n the n word when has, it ends with an a and it it's has, the title of uh, something uh, it has quotes around it Okay. It's not just me saying it. It's got okay. quotes around it. Okay. Or it's in italics. I'm just making sure. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. And that song starts with Tony M rapping, and hit the song starts off with Step to the Mic, Taste the Hype. Step to the Mic, I Taste the Hype. And it's huh. musically similar to this song that we're hearing from Carmen. It's almost cool. Carmen Electra's version of Call the Law. Step to the Mic, Step to the Mic, Step. Okay. This one, so I'll share that one with you, so you can tell me if I'm crazy. That's cool. I thought it was interesting. I'm not sure how to feel about this, but don't play yourself into believing that a white girl can't jump. But don't play yourself into believing that a white girl can't jump. Acknowledging that she's a white woman in a black male-dominated field. Yes. And I'm not sure how I feel about that because. Okay, it's a male-dominated field. Awesome. She's a woman mm-hmm. taking some ownership in that, but she's a white woman. I thought she was just saying, "Don't think that someone like me." Yeah, can't come and yeah, but she's kind of like saying, "I should have a place here," and I'm not sure whether she really needs to have a place there. I don't know. I am very conflicted about it all. Like, can't we let them have this place? But does she have something valuable to add? Clearly, I, she thinks she does because obviously. she's not just stepping up to the microphone. She uh-huh. steps to the mic. Steps to the mic. 
step to the yeah. next step. I just think it's step. her, you know, inserting herself into, I mean, even where she's is recording this album, she's surrounded by black men. True. And she, they don't seem to have a problem with it. So maybe I shouldn't either. Right. Yeah. And she's not a misdemeanor. You don't need an That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have more good horns. They right. really appreciated. Uh huh. And it again was repetitive at the end. Yeah, there, for a relatively short song. It's relatively short, and I thought it was my biggest critique of it is it's not that uh, trying to understand the racial part of it all, but just that it's so crammed with repetitive lyrics. I get it. You step to the mic. <laughs> And I get it again when you say, step on, step on. And then you're going to say it again and again and again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stop hitting me over the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that there was quite enough space left for the music, which is great. And the vocals could have been just fine, too, had they been pulled back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Give us a few less repeats and maybe it would have been better. Yeah. Less is more. That's my critique. Okay. Few less steps well, to the mic. In the early, it's okay to step early back 90s, from the mic yeah. after you arrive and claim your spot. Yeah. Well, in the early nineties, more was more when it came to lyrics and prints. So yes. I, I can see why they did it. It may not have agreed that it was very successful. Then we have St. Yes, St. So skin. Right. Yeah. Um, so this, I think that the reason that it wasn't just titled Skin Tight is because there is a song named Skin Tight by Ohio Players that this is sort of a cover of. Sort of. In a way. Yeah. Um, From 1974, that's when the Ohio Players. Right. And if you don't know who the Ohio song. Players were, then let me just say two words to you. Love Roller Coaster. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who wrote and performed that, and Skin Tight is, uh, they're a great soul group from uh, the, the 70s. Yeah. yeah. And Love Roller Coaster was often played by Prince Live, so this is kind of a early nod to them. He okay. played Love Roller Coaster a lot, especially right. during the One Night Alone tour in 2001. Yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a me. duet. Yeah, basically a duet with yeah. Tony M and, yeah. and Carmen, and I thought this is the kind of thing that I actually enjoy Tony M on, where... There are some songs where he's sort of rap yelling, and there's others mm-hmm. where he takes advantage of, he's got kind of a smoothness and an extreme deepness to his voice that works really well and is yeah. a good contrast to Carmen Electra, who has a very yeah. high feminine, feminine voice. I'm going to say the future show looks bright. Okay, so those skin tight britches busting stitches. Uh-huh. I thought that was a fun rhyme. <laughs> and then he goes on and says. Make me want a clown. Those skin tight bitches bust the stitches make me want a clown. Yeah. Like, what is that? What? Yeah. And then. What? Is that when she that says means. you need to have confidence and. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. You could. I'm I, Well, I tried to figure out if there was like a different definition Meaning. for mm-hmm. clown. Maybe that meant something different. All That's I could find was like. silly to get well, her attention because oh, she's so attractive. Maybe, but that doesn't seem like would be his style because yeah. he was very much a, like, you know, I, I don't chase girls. They chase yeah. me. Right. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me lay down the law for you, Carmen. Let me tell you how this works. <laughs> 
I don't chase girls, they chase me. And she was like, well, you you better do some pursuing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, kick it into gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Homie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I also thought, and I have no evidence of this at all, and I've tried to point it out to you. <laughs> I have no evidence, but I I'm going to be Well, no, 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 no. I do have evidence that support my case, but I don't have any proof that it's him but i think okay. that there is a sample of prince's voice throughout the song mixed in with the chorus and a little horn part where you can hear a voice in the background go oh yeah uh-huh. and to me it sounds like a sample of prince's voice um but i can't find anything to back that up other than just it sounds like him to me okay fair yeah it was fun they kind of equally objectified one another yeah it's like it was, uh, we've got a you know, it was either net zero as far as objectification goes. Yeah, it's either they're it in a relationship, ways. and so their objectification is fine mm-hmm. because they're in a relationship, and there's more to it than that. Or they're not in a relationship, and they're both interested in exactly the same thing, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's right. Again, yeah. yes, both sides <laughs> yeah, of the zero. equation are you know they they, they cancel each other out. Well, there you go. It's like. Algebra. Yeah. And uh, another uh, princeism, we get Are You Willing and Able? Yeah, but are you able? Yes, there was a reference to that song from the Diamonds and Pearls album. Right. Yep, you're right. Yep. I had that. You beat me to it. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that leads us into the third single right that was released six months after the album release yeah after the album yeah which, which seems like a long time after the album to release a single to me sure does. but it was fantasia erotica yes yes um it starts with kind of a little bit of a dizzy stereo for me when i'm listening to it in headphones oh, it's yeah. a back and forth really fast yeah so there's like a little synth or keyboard part that yeah. also is similar to go-go dancer right um but yes i know what you're talking about yep so this song it got released with Carmen Electra. Yes. But it was originally for Anna Fantasia. Anna Fantastic. Oh, I'm sorry. It was originally for Anna Fantastic. Yes, you're mixing up your Fantastic Fantasia <laughs> eroticas. <laughs> I don't have any idea why I might do that. And I'll post this on social media, which you can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Or you can send me an email at tmatspodcast at gmail.com. Anna Fantastic and her girl group. Yes. There were uh, a Dutch, yeah. Dutch trio. Right. And It sounds like a dessert. <laughs> Dutch trio. <laughs> it's a bunch of cookies yeah. that are covered in chocolate. Right. Um, they actually did like a sample video of what they might like in a video how they might like to dance in a video mm-hmm. and it was actually i thought it was really cute and endearing and this was done at prince's request yes and the video has a recording of a phone call between prince and anna yeah. with him saying you know go yeah. do this and send it to me yeah and uh, it was overnight yeah and it really it had a very late 80s look they were in like shorts and blazers uh, and ties yeah. and yeah. they were dancing like a jazzercise video uh-huh. and but it was it was really it was kind of cute so it was originally meant 
for them. And I guess nothing ever really went anywhere with that. Right. Now we can actually talk about the song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that introduction, what else is there to say? Not a knock on Carmen or the the delivery on, on her. I'm sure she was given direction on what to do, but I thought... The song itself is a little sing-songy for me oh, throughout bit. the entire thing. It you know, sounded today like I am free, but tomorrow I may not be. Yeah. Today I am free, tomorrow I may not be. It has that kind of bouncy, sing-songy vibe to it to me. That uh, it didn't bother know, me that much. Yeah, it bothered it was me a little the, bit. It was the late '80s. It was. It had a little bit of a Latin flavor to it. Which I thought was funny because Carmen's from Cincinnati and mm-hmm. Anna Fantastic's from Holland. Yeah, and, and Prince is from Minnesota. <laughs> and somehow it had a little bit of a Latin flavor to it. Yeah, it does. And Prince is playing all the instruments on the track. And it sounds like it's a remix of a song to me a okay. little bit. It doesn't sound like it doesn't have the live band feel that the last few Fair. songs did. Like Go Go Dancer and this song and This Is My House all have the same kind of feeling to me that they're a little out of place with okay. the live band feel mm. of the rest of the of okay. the album. Okay. Um, but I thought just showed a ton of diversity musically to me with knowing that Prince played every instrument on the track. I don't know. I just think the way it was written, it just doesn't sit It doesn't well do anything me. for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought there were, it didn't bother me that much. I mean, it's not something I'm going to listen to a whole lot, but mm-hmm. it was it was kind of fun and funny in parts. There was the uh, Speak American, No, no speak, speak Communese. <laughs> oh, Speak American, No, Speak Communese. Yeah, which they, was a change from Speak American, No, Speak Dutch, yes, which is in, in the, the Anna Fantastic video, right? Which was I thought funny. was really fun. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and then I, I thought it was kind of funny that they rhymed Borghini, as mm-hmm. in Lamborghini, and yes. bikini. And oh, by the way, there were no scarlet Borghinis. In 1992, the closest they had was a color called Diablo Rosso, which is a very bright red. There's not a, (laughs) it's not a scarlet, not a purplish red like a scarlet would be. Well, credit to you because I didn't, it did not strike me to go back and research the available colors (laughs) of Lamborghinis. I don't remember where I read it. I didn't, it didn't uh, strike me either, but I read it somewhere, so... Did the other thing I wanted to mention about this song was when she says Fantasia Erotica come into this world, it almost sounds like she's saying Carmen to this world ah! to me. Like It was a, I don't know if it was intentional uh-huh. or it was just because I was thinking about her name as I was listening to this, but it, oh. I always hear it that way it was, when I um, listen to her version fun. of the song. Okay. So. I don't have anything else about Fantasia Erotica. All my good stuff was up top. That's plenty. So. You got Dutch, <laughs> Lamborghini, exotic cars, and... <laughs> Fictional colors. Yeah, girls making their own home videos. 
All right, then we have Everybody Get On Up, the second single mm-hmm. released three weeks before the album. This yeah. is the only one that charted. It reached number 33 on the Hot Dance Music Billboard chart in 1993. And it's the only single, it's the one of the three singles that was released within a half year of when the album yeah. came out. Yeah, too. eight it's months like- before, six months after, this is the only one that kind of came out contemporaneously. Right. Um, so it's another effort that involves Moni Love, who we mentioned a couple tracks back, based on the song Get On Up by the Esquires from yes. 1967. And if you had been following Prince for a while, you may have heard a recording by Prince and the Revolution of this song as a cover of Get On Up in 1986. <laughs> Again, this has origins there as yeah. well. I think you can hear Prince on this track, most of all, of anywhere else, with him singing in the background, dance, dance, dance. Yes. Um, I mean, a, it's definitely him. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. This is another session, according to Prince Vault, when this was recorded in 1992 in Australia, and the session included... No fewer than five other songs, including a great Prince track that was an outtake for a long time called A Thousand Hugs and Kisses, which mm-hmm. eventually appeared in re-recorded form on Prince's very last album, Hit and Run Phase 2. So there's a lot of other great music that was recorded during this time. And I didn't know that this contains a sample of the song Singers by Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I saw uh, that too. From his 1983 like... album named Comedian. I had no idea. Yeah, so me thank either. you, Prince Vault. Yeah. For some of that. Exactly. I think this is I was exci- actually I didn't realize that this was a maxi single. Uh-huh. And found a used copy on Amazon and got it and I was excited to listen to what they may or may not have done with the song, because it's one of the ones I thought was most successful and most fun from the album. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I think there's it, this is the kind of song that left space musically for other things to happen that the song like Step to, to the Mic did not, where right. there's like an organ solo in this. There's a really cool guitar solo at the end that's kind of rockabilly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Electric guitar, that's yeah. a lot of fun. It's almost, it's like a... 70s country, a uh-huh. little bit of a sound to it, which yes. I thought was really fun. And I don't normally like you know disco music all that much mm-hmm. or, or country, country music. music all that much, but I thought it really it worked in the song. Me it too. all kind of worked together to be fun. Me too. So, and I even find the way she delivers. <laughs> When she says, get on up now, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it kind of comes out, nup now. Yes. And I I know it's not like good diction, but it's. I thought it was really endearing. It's like a get odd, on up now. It's an odd blend it's of syllables or yeah. breaking up of yeah. the phrases to make it unique. Well, and I mean, you know, we looked at that kind of stuff when we were deciding what to name our children. Our last yes. name is Norman. Yeah. So we decided we couldn't have anything that ended with an N sound right. because we didn't want to have Ethan Norman. You know, it was too much N yeah. in the middle. Yeah, there's a lot of nanny nanny Yeah, so, but I... It, in a song, I like the 
Nupnow right. is kind of fun. Yeah. Again, I think this is just more historical reverence on this album that can easily get overlooked. That, you know, there's these nods to all these other important recordings that it's not just a cheap female rap album. No, it's not. It, there was a lot of that. thought behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have a little segue. Yeah. I yeah. actually thought this was really fun because it's like somebody twirling a radio. Sexy mother. And we had... Um, Twirling a radio dial, you mean? Y- yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They weren't like swinging a radio <laughs> like around there. The Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> with a boombox. <laughs> the Globetrotters? The Harlem Globetrotters globe with a boombox. Oh, yes. yeah. Did I say Globetrotters? <laughs> yep. Cool. <laughs> so um, we have uh, Hit You in the Socket by Rosie Gaines. Yeah, these are songs that you hear as they're... Yeah, as, um, as they're... Flipping radio stations. Yes. Yeah, in like a very analog sort of yeah, radio. A not a dial. Yeah. Yeah. In a Word or Two by Moni Love. Mm-hmm. The Voice by Mavis Staples. Yep. Sexy MF. Yes. With This Tear by Celine, Celine Dion, Dion, which I didn't realize I was didn't written either. by Prince. Yes. And um, in quotes, Gold Nigga. Yes, by yep. the NPG. Yep. And all of those contained writing or musical input by Prince. And that yeah. was not the first time on a Prince album that he's done this many times since then. But in Diamonds and Pearls, there's a section where mm-hmm. there's a spinning through a dial like this where you can hear samples of songs. And yeah. it happens quite often. There's In musicology, yeah. it happens before Illusion, Coma, Pimp, and Circumstance. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was kind of a, a segue technique that he revisited quite a bit. Well, I don't mind it at all because I really like it. I think it's fun. It's like a little Easter egg. Can you identify all the things? Yeah. And I had to have help, obviously. But right, I did. Thank too. you, Internet, for help. Yes, I did too. Especially with with this tear by Celine Dion was the one that I couldn't. Not not a lot of Celine Dion listening going on. Yeah, no, in my no uh, me streaming services. So yeah. Uh, but basically, the segue ends with a person hearing the opening of Fun, which is the next, next track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in a surprise move, the next track is Fun. Yeah. There we go. Fun. Fun. Right. So, it was planned. Fun was planned for the album's first single, which I didn't realize and I think would have been much better than Go Go Dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, um, in 1991, that was supposed to come out, and promo copies were pressed, um, but the album was postponed, and these things sat around Prince's basement, essentially, <laughs> until they were sold through 1-800-NEW-FUNK in 1998, and they included that. a longer version of Fun, uh-huh. also. Um, well, it was uh, supposed to be the first single for On Top. Okay. That's why they sat around, because then On the Top got shelved. Direction. Yeah. And became Carmen eventually Electra. Carmen Electra. Yeah. And so that's, I think, why it didn't end up actually getting a release. I agree, it probably would have been better. But yeah, it kind of went in Prince's garage sale on 1 800 New It did. It did. <laughs> Here we have again Eric Leeds on saxophone. The Steels singing background vocals and Prince playing every other instrument on the on the track, despite it having a very fun band feel, like back to mm-hmm. that kind of live band feel that we yeah. didn't have in Fantasia Erotica. I thought it was fun that the chorus uh-huh. was sung by a chorus. 
It, yeah, the chorus it was sung by a whole bunch of people. Yes. So it was like, oh, that's kind that of fun. It makes sense. And there's a great little, I don't want to call it off-tune, but just kind of a oddly slow guitar solo at the mm-hmm. end of the song by Prince, which is unique. We mentioned that there was a longer version of the track, which we think was cut down to be edited for what you hear on the album. There's another minute and 34 seconds that's circulating as a song called Mo Fun. That's mm-hmm. kind of an instrumental coda at the end of the song. It's a lot of fun, too. Yeah. They could have left it on. It would have been fine. It would have been fine with me, too, yeah. to have, again, a little more space. Right. For music would have been okay for me. Yeah. Then we have Just a Little Lovin'. Mm-hmm. Originally called Tasty. Tasty. Yep, yep, so basically a duet between Tony M and Carmen again, mm-hmm. and a little slower tempo, but not what I would call a ballad by any means. No, no. And that's another song to sample, James Brown, this time Make It Funky from 1971, sampled throughout this track. What you gonna play now? Um, but really performed by the entire Love Symbol era MPG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this either. You can also hear this at the very beginning of the Sexy MF video. You can hear the song playing in the background. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. So it's in this whole universe of the Love Symbol album. Right. For sure. Yeah. Which is why we're covering it now. Exactly. Yes. Kind of had a staticky sound to it. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. They don't say Prince's name, but they call him the Guitar Man. Yes. Give me something yummy. Yes. I thought that was kind of fun. Guitar Man, give me something yummy. Right. Carmen um, kind of calls him out. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we have Finger Lickin', Oh, That Was No Ordinary Chicken. Which I believe is Prince saying, That Was No Ordinary oh. Chicken. <laughs> You'll have to I listen it to funny. it a couple times. I thought that, if I had to guess, it was him. Okay. But I'm That's not fun. sure. Okay. And then I didn't realize until I was listening to this this morning, this was a last minute thought, that there's a spot where she says, nothing, honey. Mm-hmm. But it kind of sounds honey. like nothing, honey. It's your nothing, honey. Which yes. was a cereal. A cereal. Yeah, <laughs> which I think we all know that. Let's love cereal. Yep. So I was like, oh, hey, there's another food reference in the Tasty song. Exactly. Which makes sense. It does. And also from Prince Vault, the line, just a little lovin' early in the morning, is taken uh, from and sung with the same melody as the 1968 song, Just a Little Lovin' by Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel, originally released by Dusty Springfield in 1969, (laughs) and then covered by Carmen McRae in 1970. Okay. So, Wow. Yeah. Lots of 60s and 70s getting mixed in here. Yeah. All right. Then we have All That, a B-side to well, Fantasia Erotica. Oh, were you, you not done? Don't you skip segue number two. Oh. Which is essentially right. just a little sax solo by Eric Lee.
Yeah, it didn't fit very well. Well, it's used in all that. You can hear okay. the same saxophone line in the middle of the song. Right. It still didn't fit very well. Okay. But well, that's fine. It's a segue, so. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. All right, now, all, all that. that. You're all that. So uh-huh. this was really the album's only ballad. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Based primarily on the song Adore from Sign of the Times with samples, additional music, and new lyrics that are basically spoken over the top by Carmen Electra. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't rapping or singing. It was like a speaking. Speak song. Right. It has one of my biggest pet peeves in the song at the beginning, which is, you know, a spoken dedication at the beginning of the song. This jam goes out to... That special someone. <laughs> yeah, whoever that someone may be. This jam is for that special someone. Whoever that someone may be. This is not, you know, 1989 radio with a dedication to this song goes out to Josh from Christie. <laughs> She's Sorry for the pain she's caused you. You know how they used to do that? And yes, that's what I was thinking. If I yeah. wanted to hear the dedication, I'd, I'd call up the <laughs> You call up the radio station and ask them to do it for you? Yeah, I think it just is. It's a little cheesy to me. I mean, the, and the song is already based Boring. on one of the most incredible ballads Prince ever recorded. Um, so you're already stepping on a little bit of holy ground to me right here to begin with. And then... The intro and the spoken words are out. I don't know. It didn't really work for me very well. I get that we... Here, here I'm asking throughout the whole album for a little bit of space mm-hmm. and get a ballad, and now I'm going to complain about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no pleasing you when it comes to this album. There is pleasing me in this album. <laughs> this just doesn't have to be where the pleasing happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you didn't realize that Adore was heavily sampled in this track. Go back and listen to it, and uh, we'll listen to Adore first, which you probably have a million times, and then give all that a try, and you'll be able to hear the, the connection. Yep. All right, and then we have the final track on the album. You're skipping over segues oh, left and there right. Oh, another one? Left and right. Oh, well. Segway number three, there's a little... I'm sorry, uh, segway number three. Can't believe I have to stop you for segway. So there's the little news report <laughs> uh-huh. that is oh, commenting yeah. on the Exxon Valdez. Yes, the Valdez spill and that environmentalists are trying to slow down plans for oil drilling in the virtually untouched Arctic region in Alaska or whatever it is. So the foul result of the spill off Valdez, Alaska, has environmentalists clamoring to slow down plans for oil drilling in the virtually untouched Alaska National Wildlife Refuge. Anyway, it acts as the introduction to the environmentally themed This Is My House mm-hmm. that finishes up the album. Continue. We have an environmental song in This Is this is My House. We sure do. So Prince does not play on this track, but I think you can hear his vocals oh. in the background singing This Is My House. Okay. I believe is him. Okay. Um, but he does not play on the track. It's Levi Caesar Jr., Casey Cohen, and the Steels on background vocals. And like you said, Carmen suddenly has shifted the focus from her unstoppable body and the party to being environmentally conscious. Mm. Which I'm not saying that you can't have all three, but it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's a little bit of a surprise yeah, right so, here but at the that's, end. That's cool. Yeah. I, I 
I agree with the message of the song, you know, where she says that what are our children going to inherit if we choose to ruin this planet? So there's a lot of, you know, I'm taking ownership of this and I'm telling you to do the same, which I support. Yeah, that's fair. It's like a funky Earth Day message. (laughs) Yep. There's, um, it's interesting how she, they kind of blend the religious with this as well. Okay. There's all of us living like a preacher living in sin. All of us living like a preacher living in sin. Which I'm like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Like, we're all like, oh, I recycle, but I also drink water from a plastic bottle. True, but That's, you know. if, I think if you are a good preacher, then you're the first to admit to your followers, Fair. You know, the people that you lead, that you also are human. You may right. study the Bible, but that doesn't make you, by any means, flawless. Right. And I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, connotation with that as well. Uh, living in sin is usually people who are shacking up, right. married, do it, not married, yes. and doing it. Yeah, so not just uh, yeah, polluting. and a pre- yeah, like a preacher, a preacher uh-huh. doing that is like double, even, even worse, double. That's right. Yeah, it's like I don't know maybe. that I agree. I it might be more hypocritical, but it's no more of a sin. No, <laughs> no, I d- exactly. But I thought it was just an interesting sort of yeah comparison. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then again, we have another religious reference with my children's kingdom come. Right. You know, that's part of the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. My children's kingdom come. Yes. It will be done. Your kingdom come. So I thought, oh, it's religious and environmental. It was interesting to see Prince's influence because he did a lot of sexual and religious marrying, mm-hmm. especially in the 80s. Lending, sure. Yeah a lot before this and so we kind of get that here now we've got the religious and the sexual and the environmental yes. all wrapped up yep it's all yep. here i was listening to this track and heard a little part that's kind of this high-pitched keyboardish scratchy sound okay. that struck a note with me and i thought where have i heard that before and it struck me that it borrows music from an unreleased print song called The P. That was intended for Tevin Campbell's second album, I'm Ready. And the beginning of it even has Prince and Tevin Campbell speaking to one another. Prince joking around with Tevin, waking him up for a phone call. Tevin, wake up. What? Telephone, you. Who is it? One of your friends. I don't know. Come oh, on. I gotta... Uh-huh. But there's a part of the P that you can hear in This Is My House very, very clearly. And I did not see it mentioned on Prince Vault or anywhere else. But it's could not be more clear that they share musical elements. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. And that's the end of the album. Yeah. I didn't miss a segue, did I? There wasn't one at the end that I missed? No, you're, okay, you're, good. you're good on segues now. There were just the three, uh, two right. of which you skipped. All right. And then uh, we have maxi singles. We do. I think we'll touch on these briefly. Uh-huh. Um, but there was a maxi single for Go Go Dancer. Yep. For Everybody Get On Up. And also for Fantasia Erotica. Yes. Um, shall we start with Go Go Dancer? Sure. Um, it included... 
What, six tracks? A radio edit, a 12-inch mix, the dub, factory mix, dub dub dancer, and royal mix, which I would guess implies a little bit more Prince involvement. Right. The dub dub dancer Mm -hmm. was, well, all of these, but this is where I started paying more attention. Okay. Uh, Junior Vasquez, who was a DJ at the Sound Factory in Chelsea Mm -hmm. from uh, 1989 to 1995, was who did a lot of this. He worked with Prince and Madonna, Whitney Houston, MC Hammer, many, many, many more. Yeah. People really wanted him. He was very sought after. Yeah. And Prince had worked with him before on, mm-hmm. um, he did a remix to Tevin Campbell's Round and Round, which actually ended up on the album Graffiti Bridge. Right. And did a lot of other mixes for Prince um, from in the 19, in early 90s, 1990, especially for Graffiti Bridge. So right. there's some Prince connection there. So, you know, he is a very famous DJ. Uh-huh. They all kind of blended together for me. They did. I thought I would pick one to mention, and if I had to pick one off of this, um, it was interesting, that time period, this is the kind of the beginning of the CD maxi-single time period. Those were very popular. Uh, Prince did a lot of them. They were just mm-hmm. in cardboard cases and would have sort of be a little EP right. or uh, mix. So if I, I was telling myself, well, if I had to pick one of these to listen to, what would it be? I thought the dub mix did more than just loop portions of the lyrics. There are additional keyboard parts, and you can hear Prince's guitar solo very well on the track, which appealed to me a little bit. But like you said, a lot of these run together, and they're all almost the same length, too, all almost six minutes long. So it was almost like these were meant to be in a club somewhere and just be in the background so a bunch of sweaty people could dance. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to move on to Everybody Get On Up? Sure. This was the one I was most excited to listen to again um, because, well, again, I, I didn't even realize that there was a maxi single for this until we started doing some research on it and found a used copy on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I think it's kind of more of the same of yeah. the first Go-Go Dancer maxi single. There are six tracks here, and if you ask me, none are as good as the album version. No, agreed. Um, well, we have the third time funky version. Yeah. 12 up version yeah jeep version yeah the stiff version yeah then we have the radio edit of go-go dancer uh-huh. then we have the wet and juicy version right they're just club jams they are the jeep version was the one that was most unique to me okay. it didn't just have like a repetitive kind of house beat um it was a little more i don't know it was the one mix on the on this string of six songs or i guess five if you remove go-go dancer that serves as kind of a b-side that sounds a little more unique to me. So Fair. I'm, I'm handing out blue ribbons as we go along <laughs> to these maxi singles. So the Jeep version, I just okay. stuck a, a Velcro blue ribbon on. It, doesn't, it's not even it was like pen. the most generic one that you can buy like at the yes, party store. Like it's got good job written on uh-huh. it. Nice try. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a blue ribbon for n- nice try. Nice try. Participation trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have uh, Fantasia Erotica. Maxi single. Maxi single. Indecent proposal mix. Erotic groove mix. Sex drive dub. Extra sex dub. He dances instead. Double deep house mix. And it was in listening to this one that I thought, I need to apologize for whatever I've done to Josh that makes him 
think that I have to listen to all of this. <laughs> I Whatever I did, I'm sorry. Please don't make me listen to this again. <laughs> this was not punishment. This was just part of the job. <laughs> um, I, I know I asked for this, but... This really just seems like the kind of thing that should have been released to clubs and DJs would use to mix into other mixes or something like that. I don't know a consumer listener who would get through all this and be able to really pull details out of these six songs. They're very, very similar. If you just really liked Fantasia Erotica and wanted to listen to it a whole bunch of times and Mm -hmm. didn't want to put it on repeat. Yeah. There's a way to get around it. This is, this is it. Yeah. The only one that sounded different to me was the he dances instead. Yeah. But it was, it was just marginally different. Well, I mean, it was really just the lyric. He dances instead Uh over and over and over and over. And, Me, yeah. It's not anything really remarkable about that. Right. I agree. Just these would work in a place where repetition is okay. And to me, that would be in a dance club somewhere. Right. Somewhere far away from you and I. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. Then we have some promotional videos. We got two of them, actually. Right. There was a <laughs> promotional video at the end of the Sexy MF VHS. Yeah. That came out. Yes. And uh, this is our future. She is the scariest woman on the planet. She is inevitable. She is addictive. It's this weird, stilted voice. Oh, yeah. Kind of creepy woman. She is the scariest female on the planet. Carmen Electra. Paisley Park, Warner Brothers, CD, and cassette. I remember watching, their, first of all, buying the sexy MF VHS, because you weren't going to see this video on television, of course. Right. Getting to the end, and there's a promo for the Love Symbol album, and then after that, there's a promo for the Carmen Electra album, and I did not know what to make of it as a, you know, whatever I was at that point, a 19-year-old. It was just so slow. It was Creepy. <laughs> yes, exactly. So there was that one. Then there was another promotional video that kind of features Carmen, where it was an actual video. It wasn't yes. just like text on a screen. It was yeah. a video of Carmen, mm-hmm. a little girl wearing her T-shirt. My mom bought me this T-shirt because mm-hmm. I just love her, Carmen, and yeah. she's the future, or she's totally the future, is what this little girl <laughs> right. says. Could she have been more prompted? I don't know. Uh, probably not. And then Very... we have Carmen's mother, uh-huh. which I don't know if it was really her mother or not, but yeah. she's playing and but she refers to her as carmen which i'm like well wouldn't her real mom probably call her tara probably well maybe maybe she's just embracing yeah just i'm going to yeah um they show her as a ballet dancer and getting her makeup done and carmen is a, a beautiful ballet dancer she has extremely strong technique that gives her the ability to do any kind of dancing she wants to. She can look beautiful doing classical ballet. She looks great doing jazz, does hip-hop like nobody else. She's looking pretty on a beach, which I'm sure is probably part of the photo shoot that they did for 
the album promotion. It was very homegrown. It was very like an in-house kind of. Yeah, she's getting out of a limo and people are screaming, and which doesn't seem like anything that people would be doing just yet. Yeah, not, so, not for her quite yet. No, not just yet. So yeah, A lot of staged fame is what I kind of oh, took out of that. that's an interesting way to put it. Staged fame. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we have actual videos for the three singles right. that were released. So we have a go-go dancer video. She's a stripper and then she's a gymnast. So I think it's kind of highlighting that she's a good girl who moonlights as a stripper. Right. Yes. There's um, a that's totally the essence of the video, and it goes on for uh-huh. five minutes. Or yeah, so. and yep. show her like doing a lot of back bends and stuff. Uh-huh. We get it. She's flexible. Yes, the limberness is mm-hmm. shoved down our throats. Yeah, um, and then perhaps she's in high school. Which was a little creepy at the end because she, you see her looking like she did as a gymnast, the good girl part of her, yeah. going into a locker. Yep. And I'm like, ooh, that, that takes things in a direction. I'm um, not too sure about that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, it was nicely shot, I will say that. Yeah. Especially for a video that, you know, is now 26 plus years old. Right. But to me, again, the song was iterative right I, I i mean it was fine it was an excuse to see carmen electra in very little clothing right i think they, yes yeah they they made a video <laughs> they made a video then we have the everybody get on up video mm-hmm. which was a song i really enjoyed on the album so i was looking forward to i was this too. video in forever yeah um i don't know if i'd ever maybe i'd seen it before maybe yeah, not but maybe certainly not. not and since well, we watched it. something We did feast our eyes on um, There were people dancing. There were a lot of really extreme close-ups. Uh-huh. All of that would have been fine. Uh-huh. But the cuts were too fast. Yes, this kind of too suffered fast. from the same thing that the Rave into the Joy Fantastic concert for 1999. Yeah. I mean, you didn't from. really have... A chance to even kind of get a sense of what you were watching before they were on to the next thing. And I thought what they filmed was actually... Pretty good. Really good. And if I could have had longer cuts of each different thing, even marginally longer. Or two, maybe. Yeah. It would have been much more successful. Yep, I agree. Yeah. And then we have the uh, Fantasia Erotica video. Uh Uh-huh. It starts out weird. Dude says... She's got it going on. There's a helicopter. She's yeah, in a club. Yeah, what is Prince and helicopters in his videos? Uh-huh. Every Prince video that has a helicopter is not good. That's fair. I'm just going to lay it out there. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, the ultimate sign of opulence and wealth in yeah, the late 80s and early 90s. I guess. And, and then the other well, one is in the late 2000s for Chocolate Box. There's a helicopter oh, chasing, yeah. you know, or a Zeppelin. I don't know. We don't need, we don't need flying vehicles in, in, in Prince videos. No, we don't. She's in a club singing to people. The biggest hair. Okay, I get that it was the yeah. early 90s, and was, big hair was a big thing. And she had big hair in the Go-Go Dancer video, but it kind of worked there. Yeah. The hair, It was just enormous yes. in this video. She and, had a second head full of hair. Uh-huh, and she's way overacting yeah. in her lip syncing. Yeah, yeah. I think, And then there's this guy who's like... 
the sexy guy who's looking at her and he's got Carmen written across his forehead and it was so weird. I just, I, it didn't add anything. Yeah, you know, I would say I watched these videos. Did I really take them in or were my eyes open looking at a screen <laughs> while they were playing? I could, I don't know which I, I would say okay. is more, more likely. Fair. But yeah, I, I was not uh, a big fan of any of these videos. Okay, no, me either. All right, so... That brings us to the rules. The rules laid on us. All right. So we have three things that we choose every episode from the material that we've covered during that episode. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies either the time in which the material was recorded or created Mm -hmm. or when it was released, which these are fairly close. We have a sea, which is the low point of the material that we've covered, and a mountain, which is the high point. Right. So. We don't share these with one another. We these do not. These are surprises. That's so. right. We and might talk about things that we heard or things that we found interesting, but we don't talk about our opinions, really. Yeah. We can kind of get a, a sense of them, but we don't know each other's selections. So, the time capsule is where we start. Yes. To me, the time capsule is the wrapping, the way the wrapping sounds throughout the entire album, which I guess is kind of my way of saying this whole album sounds like 1992 to me. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, trying to explain myself out of a cop-out of not being able to choose, but... I just thought the rapping style was a very early 90s sort of rap. You are absolutely right. Okay. Um, well, I'm equally vague with my time capsule. Oh, But it has nothing to do with the music. Okay. My time capsule is, uh, and I quote my notes here, pick a video, any video is my time <laughs> capsule. Any of the five videos that we talked about, yes, three for music promos. or the promo videos. Yep, yep. They all just scream to me like in-house, sort of low production value, 1991, 92 video promotional material. Yup. Um, it not only looked like that era, but it smelled like that era. <laughs> it tasted like that era. The, it had the hair of that era. <laughs> All right. So. Where do you want to go next? The The C. Which is how we always do this. Yeah. I was equally vague. Oh, were you? The videos were my C. (laughs) And specifically, I didn't count the promo videos because I think that they were. They're they're like a nothing, really. Uh, We watched them because we had access to them. So we watched them. The. I thought Go Go Dancer of the three was probably. The most successful? Yes. Yes. I thought Fantasia Erotica was just kind of dumb. Uh-huh. I was so disappointed in Everyone Get On Up because it, I that song I enjoyed and I was yeah. looking forward to the video and it just, it was, it was so close to being like legitimately okay. Uh-huh. But and it, then enough. it. Just there are too many chopping. Somebody uh-huh. got a little chop happy with that. Yeah, the knife. edit, the edit suite, yep. little nuts. Yep. So that was mine. What was your C? Well, I certainly can't argue with you. Uh, the C for me is all that from the album. Okay. Um, and Jeez. partly because it 
treads on top of one of the greatest Prince songs ever recorded with just some speak singing and additional elements added on top of it. Um, and like I mentioned, that um, introduction, introductory dedication just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's supposed to be sweet, and here's uh, someone telling someone else that you're everything I ever dreamed of. So it, it's a sweet message, but the fact that you, I don't want anyone touching a door by Prince. Not even Fair. Prince. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Fair. All right. And then this, the mountain, the high point. Um, the high point for me was everyone get on up. Yeah. Which is why I was so disappointed in the video. <laughs> the mountain led to your I seat? Thought, <laughs> yes. You slid right down that mountain. I did. Right your seat. Like, dang it. Of all the songs on this album, I thought this is probably the one I'm most likely to come back and revisit. Yeah, you so. might mix it into a playlist somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What's your mountain? Um, well, I, to me, it came down to a couple. There was a lot that I did like about this album, especially musically. Well, you um, told us it was a guilty pleasure. It is a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me sometimes, but the songs that I could eliminate quickly uh, from my mountain would be Go-Go Dancer and Fantasia Erotica and This Is My House, which I kind of group into a not a live band kind of feel, which right. were the songs I thought were most successful. So I'd narrowed it down to either fun or everybody get on up and surprise, surprise, I've had the same mountain Aww. that you did. I'm an everybody get on up kind of guy. Oh, excellent. Well, that's great. Well, we listened we, to this album. We did. We listened to it. We've talked about it. I won't be revisiting it very much. Right. But that's okay. It we, is a, we appreciate the effort that was is, put into it. It is part of, it's part of Prince Cannon. Right. This is where he was musically, and with his little offshoot projects, this was one of them during a great era of his music. So I'm glad we covered it, and yeah. we had a chance to come back to it, yeah. since we missed it the first yeah, time around. Yeah, we, we didn't really know what we were doing back then. Well, we so. knew what we were doing. I think I had kind of compartmentalized this thing <laughs> into a place that I wouldn't be able to find without a little digging. You called this an underrated album it on is, Twitter. It, that's because it gets so much hate. That it is underrated. Okay. <laughs> it's overhated and underrated. Okay. That's fair. There are parts of it that any Prince fan could find enjoyment in, I think is my point. The lesson here, kids, is that just because it's talked about badly, there are many parts to appreciate. Okay. Fair. All right. So now we've reached the point in our podcast where we talk about what we're going to talk about the next time, next time. which so, I don't know. This is always a surprise. Josh picks. Right. He makes the selections as our resident super fan. Right. He makes the selections for us. Right. I'm along for the ride. It's a heavy burden, but I bear it well. Uh-huh. You do. So I think... We haven't covered a Prince album proper in many, many weeks, really, when you go back to uh, our last full set of episodes from 2018 focused around Lotus Flower. We ended with Bria Valente's album and then videos and other things surrounding in a concert. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you reloaded the Love Symbol album, and now we've got the Carmen Electra album. I think it's time for some classic Prince oh, to be please. had. Yes, So please. we are going to be listening to 1999. Oh, excellent. From start to finish. So excellent. a double album. We'll decide if we want to cover side A and side B separately or if we want to do it all in one run. But then we've got the 1999 concerts to cover. We've got an album by the time to cover. Many other things to take a look at um, with this 
era. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that sounds great. Well, if you have the Carmen Electra album, why don't you tweet at us at TMATS Podcast with a picture of your copy. Let's see it. Even if it's electronic, you know, take a screenshot on your phone or sure. a little picture of your computer, whatever it is that you want to share with us. But do share that with us. Let us know what a super fan you are by yep. having the Carmen Electra album in your collection. That's right. <laughs> out yourself. <laughs> and uh, we'll give you a shout out on the pod if you do that. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks with 1999. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh.